Section 11 of The Natural History, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. The Natural History, Volume 1, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 11. Chapter 67. Whether the ocean surrounds the earth. The whole of the Western Ocean is now navigated, from Gades and the Pillars of Hercules round Spain and Gaul. The greater part of the Northern Ocean has also been navigated, under the auspices of the Emperor Augustus, his fleet having been carried round Germany to the promontory of the Cimbri, from which spot they descried an immense sea, or became acquainted with it by report, which extends to the country of the Scythians, and the districts that are chilled by excessive moisture. On this account, it is not at all probable that the ocean should be deficient in a region where moisture so much abounds. In like manner, towards the east, from the Indian Sea, all that part which lies in the same latitude and which bends round towards the Caspian has been explored by the Macedonian arms in the reigns of Seleucus and Antiochus, who wished it to be named after themselves the Seleucian or Antiochian Sea. About the Caspian, too, many parts of the shores of the ocean have been explored, so that nearly the whole of the north has been sailed over in one direction or another. Nor can our argument be much affected by the point that has been so much discussed respecting the Palus Miotis, whether it be a bay of the same ocean, as is, I understand, the opinion of some persons, or whether it be the overflowing of a narrow channel connected with a different ocean. On the other side of Gades, proceeding from the same western point, a great part of the southern ocean, along Mauritania, has now been navigated. Indeed, the greater part of this region, as well as of the east, as far as the Arabian Gulf, was surveyed in consequence of Alexander's victories. When Caius Caesar, the son of Augustus, had the conduct of affairs in that country, it is said that they found the remains of Spanish vessels which had been wrecked there. While the power of Carthage was at its height, Hanno published an account of a voyage which he made from Gades to the extremity of Arabia. Himilco was also sent, about the same time, to explore the remote parts of Europe. Besides, we learn from Cornelius Nepos that one Eudoxus, a contemporary of his, when he was flying from King Lathyrus, set out from the Arabian Gulf and was carried as far as Gades. And long before him, Celius Antipater informs us that he had seen a person who had sailed from Spain to Ethiopia for the purposes of trade. The same Cornelius Nepos, when speaking of the northern circumnavigation, tells us that Q. Metellus Sela, the colleague of L. Aphranius in the consulship, but then a proconsul in Gaul, had a present made to him by the king of the Suevi, of certain Indians, who, sailing from India for the purpose of commerce, had been driven by tempests into Germany. Thus it appears that the seas which flow completely round the globe, and divide it, as it were, into two parts, exclude us from one part of it, as there is no way open to it on either side. And as the contemplation of these things is adapted to detect the vanity of mortals, it seems incumbent on me to display and lay open to our eyes the whole of it, whatever it be, in which there is nothing which can satisfy the desires of certain individuals. Chapter 68 What part of the earth is inhabited? 
In the first place, then, it appears that this should be estimated at half the globe, as if no portion of this half was encroached upon by the ocean. But surrounding as it does the whole of the land, pouring out and receiving all the other waters, furnishing whatever goes to the clouds, and feeding the stars themselves, so numerous and of such great size as they are, what a great space must we not suppose it to occupy? This vast mass must fill up and occupy an infinite extent. To this we must add that portion of the remainder which the heavens take from us. For the globe is divided into five parts, termed zones, and all that portion is subject to severe cold and perpetual frost which is under the two extremities, about each of the poles, the nearer of which is called the north, and the opposite the south pole. In all these regions there is perpetual darkness, and, in consequence of the aspect of the milder stars being turned from them, the light is malignant, and only like the whiteness which is produced by hoar-frost. The middle of the earth, over which is the orbit of the sun, is parched and burned by the flame, and is consumed by being so near the heat. There are only two of the zones which are temperate, those which lie between the torrid and the frigid zones, and these are separated from each other in consequence of the scorching heat of the heavenly bodies. It appears, therefore, that the heavens take from us three parts of the earth. How much the ocean steals is uncertain. And with respect to the part which is left us, I do not know whether that is not even in greater danger. This same ocean, insinuating itself, as I have described it, into a number of bays, approaches with its roaring so near the inland seas that the Arabian Gulf is no more than 115 miles from the Egyptian Sea, and the Caspian only 375 miles from the Euxine. It also insinuates itself into the numerous seas by which it separates Africa, Europe, and Asia. Hence, how much space must it occupy? We must also take into account the extent of all the rivers and the marshes, and we must add the lakes and the pools. There are also the mountains raised up to the heavens with their precipitous fronds. We must also subtract the forests and the craggy valleys, the wildernesses and the places which, from various causes, are desert. The vast quantity which remains of the earth, or rather, as many persons have considered it, this speck of a world, for the earth is no more in regard to the universe, this is the object, the seat of our glory. Here we bear our honours, here we exercise our power, here we covet wealth, here we mortals create our disturbances, here we continually carry on our wars, aye, civil wars even, and unpeople the earth by mutual slaughter. And not to dwell on public feuds entered into by nations against each other, here it is that we drive away our neighbours, and enclose the land thus seized upon within our own fence. And yet the man who has most extended his boundary, and has expelled the inhabitants for ever so great a distance, after all, what mighty portion of the earth is he master of? And even when his avarice has been the most completely satisfied, what part of it can he take with him into the grave? Chapter 69 that the earth is in the middle of the world. It is evident from undoubted arguments that the earth is in the middle of the universe, but it is the most clearly proved by the equality of the days and the nights at the equinox. It is demonstrated by the quadrant, which affords the most decisive confirmation of the fact, 
that unless the earth was in the middle, the days and nights could not be equal, for at the time of the equinox the rising and setting of the sun are seen on the same line, and the rising of the sun at the summer solstice is on the same line with its setting at the winter solstice. But this could not happen if the earth was not situated in the centre. Chapter 70 Of the Obliquity of the Zones The three circles which are connected with the above-mentioned zones distinguish the inequalities of the seasons. These are the solstitial circle, which proceeds from the part of the zodiac the highest to us and approaching the nearest to the district of the north, on the other side, the brumal, which is towards the south pole, and the equinoxial, which traverses the middle of the zodiac. Chapter 71. Of the Inequality of Climates. The cause of the other things which are worthy of our admiration depends on the figure of the earth itself, which, together with all its waters, is proved, by the same arguments, to be a globe, this certainly is the cause why the stars of the northern portion of the heavens never set to us, and why, on the other hand, those in the south never rise, and again why the latter can never be seen by the former, the globe of the earth rising up and concealing them. The northern wane is never seen in Troglodytice, nor in Egypt, which borders on it, nor can we in Italy see the star Canopus, or Berenice's hair, nor what under the emperor augustus was named caesar's throne although they are there very brilliant stars the curved form of the earth is so obvious rising up like a ridge that canopus appears to a spectator at alexandria to rise above the horizon almost a quarter of a sign the same star at rhodus appears as it were to graze along the earth while in pontus it is not seen at all where the northern wane appears considerably elevated this same constellation cannot be seen at Rhodes, and still less at Alexandria. In Arabia, in the month of November, it is concealed during the first watch of the night, but may be seen during the second. In Meroe, it is seen, for a short time, in the evening, at the solstice, and it is visible at daybreak for a few days before the rising of Arcturus. These facts have been principally ascertained by the expeditions of navigators the sea appearing more elevated or depressed in certain parts, the stars suddenly coming into view and, as it were, emerging from the water, after having been concealed by the bulging out of the globe. But the heavens do not, as some suppose, rise higher at one pole, otherwise its stars would be seen from all parts of the world. They indeed are supposed to be higher by those who are nearest to them, but the stars are sunk below the horizon to those who are more remote. As this pole appears to be elevated to those who are beneath it, so, when we have passed along the convexity of the earth, those stars rise up, which appear elevated to the inhabitants of those other districts. All this, however, could not happen unless the earth had the shape of a globe. Chapter 72. In what places eclipses are invisible, and why this is the case. Hence it is that the inhabitants of the east do not see those eclipses of the sun or of the moon which occur in the evening, nor the inhabitants of the west those in the morning, while such as take place at noon are more frequently visible. We are told that at the time of the famous victory of Alexander the Great at Arbella, the moon was eclipsed at the second hour of the night, while in Sicily the moon was rising at the same hour. 
the eclipse of the sun which occurred the day before the calends of may in the consulship of vipstanus and fontius not many years ago was seen in campania between the seventh and eighth hour of the day the general corbulo informs us that it was seen in armenia between the eleventh and twelfth hour thus the curve of the globe both reveals and conceals different objects from the inhabitants of its different parts if the earth had been flat everything would have been seen at the same time from every part of it and the nights would not have been unequal while the equal intervals of twelve hours which are now observed only in the middle of the earth would in that case have been the same everywhere chapter seventy three what regulates the daylight on the earth hence it is that there is not any one night and day the same in all parts of the earth at the same time the intervention of the globe producing night and its turning round producing day this is known by various observations in africa and in spain it is made evident by the towers of hannibal and in asia by the beacons which in consequence of their dread of pirates the people erected for their protection for it has been frequently observed that the signals which were lighted at the sixth hour of the day were seen at the third hour of the night by those who were the most remote philonides a courier of the above-mentioned alexander went from sicyon to elis a distance of twelve hundred stadia in nine hours while he seldom returned until the third hour of the night although the road was downhill the reason is that in going he followed the course of the sun while on his return in the opposite direction he met the sun and left it behind him for the same reason it is that those who sail to the west even on the shortest day compensate for the difficulty of sailing in the night and go farther because they sail in the same direction with the sun chapter seventy four remarks on dials as connected with this subject the same dial plates cannot be used in all places the shadow of the sun being sensibly different at distances of three hundred or at most of five hundred stadia hence the shadow of the dial pin which is termed the gnomon at noon and at the summer solstice in egypt is little more than half the length of the gnomon itself at the city of rome it is only one-ninth less than the gnomon at ancona not more than one in fifty-five parts less while in the part of italy which is called venetia at the same hour the shadow is equal to the length of the gnomon chapter seventy five when and where there are no shadows it is likewise said that in the town of syene which is five thousand stadia south of alexandria there is no shadow at noon on the day of the solstice and that a well which was sunk for the purpose of the experiment is illuminated by the sun in every part hence it appears that the sun in this place is vertical and on a secretus informs us that this is the case about the same time in india at the river hippasis it is well known that at berenice a city of trogolodyte and four thousand eight hundred and twenty stadia beyond that city in the same country at the town of ptolemais which was built on the red sea when the elephant was first hunted this same thing takes place for forty-five days before the solstice and for an equal length of time after it and that during these ninety days the shadows are turned towards the south again at meroe an island in the nile and the metropolis of the ethiopians which is five thousand stadia from syene there are no shadows at two periods of the year 
that is, when the sun is in the eighteenth degree of Taurus and in the fourteenth of Leo. The Orites, a people of India, have a mountain named Malleus, near which the shadows in summer fall towards the south and in winter towards the north. The seven stars of the Great Bear are visible there for fifteen nights only. In India also, in the celebrated seaport Patali, the sun rises to the right hand and the shadows fall towards the south. While Alexander was staying there, it was observed that the seven northern stars were seen only during the early part of the night. Onesicritus, one of his generals, informs us in his work that in those places in India where there are no shadows, the seven stars are not visible. These places, he says, are called Askia, and the people there do not reckon the time by hours. Chapter 76 where this takes place twice in the year, and where the shadows fall in opposite directions. Eratosthenes informs us that in the whole of Turkulodytice, for twice forty-five days in the year, the shadows fall in the contrary direction. Chapter 77. Where the days are the longest and where the shortest. Hence it follows that, in consequence of the daylight increasing in various degrees, in Meroe, the longest day consists of twelve equinoctial hours and eight parts of an hour, at Alexandria of fourteen hours, in Italy of fifteen, in Britain of seventeen, where the degree of light which exists in the night very clearly proves what the reason of the thing also obliges us to believe that, during the solstitial period, as the sun approaches to the pole of the world and his orbit is contracted, the parts of the earth that lie below him have a day of six months long, and a night of equal length when he is removed to the south pole. Pythias, of Marseilles, informs us that this is the case in the island of Thule, which is six days sail from the north of Britain. Some persons also affirm that this is the case in Mona, which is about two hundred miles from Camarodunum, a town of Britain. End of section 11